0: The power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.
1: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's get to this athletic article because I got two opinions before we get into the details of this thing that I want to explain do not contradict each other. Number one, the Mets sucked this year and I don't think we necessarily have to put it under the microscope every five days looking for something that may not be there. What I mean by that is there's been this sense over the last month, why'd this happen? what, What happened in the locker room? Started with Steve Gelbs, Mike Puma wrote a piece about it a month ago, we have it with The Athletic now. Like, well, what happened? Like, well, how'd this happen? It ain't that complicated how this happened. We've done pods about this for months. We'll do it during the offseason. They sucked this year for many, many reasons. They sucked this year because their closer got hurt in spring training. They sucked this year because their opening days, or one of their opening day aces, got injured on opening day, and we didn't see them for a month. They sucked this year because one of their more consistent starters Jose Quintana did not make a start until it was too late. They sucked this year because Starling Marte was a shell of his former self. They sucked this year because some of the younger players that they were relying on did very little. Hello, Brett Beatty. They sucked this year because the guy that won the batting title last year did nothing for the first three and a half months of the year. They sucked this year because Billy Epler didn't do a good enough job building this bullpen behind Edwin Diaz. They sucked this year because all the swing starters that did so much better of a job last year failed this year. They sucked this year because Max Scherzer is a relic. Now, I, I just gave you 15 reasons. We can give you more, but I don't think there always needs to be a study on why. So here's where I'm going to. Some may think I contradict myself. With that said, I love the fact that the Athletic did a deep dive on this season. I love the fact that they went into that locker room and said, hey, let's try to find out more. Because it's not going to make me change why this team sucked. But again, when you watch a team every day, you want to know as much about that team as humanly possible. Like you want to know what they were thinking about when they embarrassed themselves in Detroit. You want to know what they were thinking about as they were swooning in June. So I love the fact that Salmon and Britton wrote this article. Britton or Healy? I get the Tim's confused. I apologize. Whatever. I love the fact that they did that reporting for us as fans to learn more about the team we root for, but I know why they sucked. And it's funny to me how some of us are always looking for like, wow. Maybe they all hate each other. Maybe that's why the Mets were terrible. It ain't that complicated why the Mets were terrible. We all saw it. Now, with that said, I'm going to tell you the most interesting things I took out of the athletic piece. And I advise any Mets fan to read it. Read it in its entirety. It's a long piece. There's a lot of great reporting in there. And again, even if it doesn't change why you think the Mets suck. You're learning more about the team you love. That's why I love stuff like this. That's why I don't look at this and say, I'm not going to read. I don't care. I know why the Mets are like, no, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with, I want to learn more about my team. So Alonzo going in the Bucks office and the middle of June as he's slumping and pleading with his manager and almost apologize for being bad was fascinating. Quote, This isn't who I am. Pete, I know, Showalter responded. You don't need to tell me this. (laughs) It feels like it reads like a novel. (laughs) Alonzo, quote, I guess it was more so for me, Alonzo explained, just showing that, listen, I'm working, I'm doing the best I can, and I feel bad for not playing well. Everyone has internal expectations, but for me personally, I pride myself on being as consistent as possible, and I wasn't that especially doing all I did to come back early and do what I could to help. And I just failed. I was healthy. I was just failing way more than I was helping the team. Pete was a very, very big part of why this team failed in June. Now, based on that quote, he is still saying, hey, I was healthy. That wasn't the reason why I struggled. And you know, it's funny. How do we know that it was the injury. And the reason I bring that up is we were talking in recapping this series against the Phillies, the Pete slumping right now. It could just be slumping. It could just be, Hey, the guy missed a couple of weeks. He comes back. His timing is way off. Then he starts to press. And by the way, that sounds like a guy who's pressing a guy going into the manager's office and essentially apologizing for being terrible. That ca- ca- to me sounds like a guy who's eventually going to start to press. So I thought that was was interesting because Showalter put it in this piece to The Athletic. As Showalter would later recall, Alonzo looked like he wanted to apologize for not driving in every run and for not hitting every home run. And that sounds like a guy who was putting everything on his back and was failing with it. And look, that was an absolute huge part of their struggles in June when they went seven to 19 and went from being in a legitimate pennant race to completely falling out of it. No question about it. The other thing, and I know this got a lot more attention, but let's dive into it was the Tommy fam stuff. <coughs> so I'll read this part for you. Lindor had held himself accountable after every crushing loss during a prolonged slump of his own answering every question from every reporter every day. Tommy Pham respected Lindor's accountability as a leader, how hard he worked, and never placed blame on elders. As The Athletic reported earlier in the month, the conversation started with Pham explaining that he wanted New York to roll out more than one batting practice group because he used that time to work on live reads in the outfield. Okay, so Pham said, I want more BP so I can work on what I'm doing in the outfield. With Lindor, Pham felt comfortable sharing something that roamed in his mind after observing how often some players in the clubhouse played games like pool. Fam says he told Lindor, out of all the teams I played on, this is the least hardest working group of position players I ever played with. Now, we all read that, and there's two reactions. Number one, you want to attack Tommy Pham. Because that that's what we do sometimes. You attack the messenger when you don't like the message. Now, we need to be fair about this and take a step back. Tommy Pham has been around Major League Baseball. He's been on a bunch of teams. I know everybody likes to cite the fight that he had or the slap in the face he had over fantasy football. But I don't believe Tommy Pham would just pull that kind of comment out of his ass. He genuinely felt as if the position players in this locker room was, quote, the least hardest working group of position players I ever played with now because that's his opinion doesn't mean it's true doesn't mean the Mets were a bunch of lazy bums but when you have a season like this and you have so many guys underachieving you read that comment and some of us will say is that why we sucked (laughs) were guys not working hard now this continues and it's important opinions varied on the subject per fam's recollection the players at the restaurant because he went out to dinner with Lindor, Alvarez, Eduardo Escobar, were three of the names of the guys that were there. And further explaining his comments later, uh, I'm sorry, the players at the restaurant seemed receptive to what he had to say, which I'm taking as the extra batting practice stuff. And further explaining his comments later, he added that he had a lot of respect for the work ethics of team leaders Francisco Lindor, Pete Alonso, and Brandon Nemo. Okay. Now, here's where your brain goes next. So Tommy Pham is saying least hardest working clubhouse of position players I've ever seen. If you decided not to take A, choice A, which is bash Tommy Pham and say he's got no credibility, he can go F himself. Your second branch is who's he talking about? He's not talking about Lindor. Clearly he's saying this to Lindor unless he's trying to send him a message. So now we get clarification that there's some lazy bums in the Met locker room, but it's not Lindor, it's not Alonzo, and it's not Nemo. So naturally, we all start playing the checklist game, which is okay. Let's play this game. So it's not Lindor, it's not Alonzo, it's not Nemo, it's not Eduardo Escobar. He was at lunch with him during this meeting. It's not Francisco Alvarez. We've heard how hard he works. And again, he too was hanging out with Tommy Pham. So it comes down to, all right, he thinks Jeff McNeil, Brett Beatty, and Starling Marte are a bunch of lazy bu- – and Daniel Vogelbach, a bunch of lazy bumps. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Did you jump to that conclusion, Pete, when you heard that? Uh, Along with Mark Canna as well. Don't forget about him. Mark Canna's got to be in the lump in that group. But yes, that's exactly. Jeff McNeil was numero uno on that list.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> by the way, the next quote in the article was Jeff McNeil countering this by saying, guys are super professional around here. We go about our business and everybody comes ready to play and does what they need to do. I, you, you know why I, I believe Tommy Pham? I believe that's a, an opinion he had. But it's also like, who is he to say? what a guy is doing enough of, you know what I mean? Like, I I think I work really hard at what I do. How can I judge how hard other people work? Like, I can only judge what I see. It doesn't mean I see everything. You know what I mean by that? Like, I, I respect that that's his view of it, but we also can't take it as the gospel. And that's not my way of attacking him. I'm not attacking Tommy Fim again, genuinely. He probably looked at some of the guys in that room and said, ah, they're playing too much pool. They're not working hard enough. But he also doesn't have his eyes on individuals at all times. Just like, I don't have my eyes on Pete all the time. I can't say, ah, Hoffman, he don't work hard. How the hell do I know what you're doing like 75% of your day? So I I, I respect his honesty, especially in this piece for even saying that. But we also have to realize that we can't take it as the gospel.
2: But here's the thing, Ev. And there was something glaring the entire season. And you ran down the 150,000 reasons of why this team sucked. One of them you missed, though, was overall the fundamentals. Like the Mets seemed like they were not sound on defense the entire season they just seemed like they were missing something they weren't locked in the way they were last year a little bit on offense too just making some bonehead you know plays and then and running mistakes etc etc et et but like that was a clear sign and you're gonna tell then you hear tommy Pham say yeah they guys guys didn't work hard it goes well Eureka! We figured it out. You guys are lazy, and you <laughs> literally, you literally did this to yourself. You could have gone out there and worked hard, and you chose not to.
1: Did Jeff McNeil fall off a cliff this year because he was lazy? I don't know. No, I, I'm not saying the answer is definitely no. What I'm saying with Fam is not that he's a hundred percent wrong, because again, none of us actually know. It's more we have to take a comment like that and just not treat it like, well, he said it, that must be it. It's interesting information. Maybe it is why Jeff McNeil fell off a cliff. Maybe it is why stalling Marte had such a difficult time coming back from injury. I don't know. But I think when a guy makes a comment like that, you got to take a deep breath on it. I thought Lindor's quote of, hey, man, thank you for teaching me how to work hard again, was a very weird quote. One part of me says, what the hell does that mean? You weren't working hard and you needed this guy to teach you how to work hard again? The other part of me says, that's Lindor just trying to be nice. Like, hey, Tommy, I had such a great time with you. Thank you for, insert compliment, I'll go with making me work hard again. A very, very strange quote. I hope Lindor realized that that quote does not make him look good, even though Fam respected his work ethic. So again, if we're taking his comments to mean all that much, Uh, He respected Francisco's work ethic. By the way, I didn't get to the comment that actually bothered me the most. The fam one got the most attention. It's not the comment that bothered me the most. I'm going to tell you the comment that bothered me the most. Are you ready? Ready for this one? (laughs) Even before Edwin Diaz's injury, the Met front office had drawn criticism for its approach to bullpen depth. At one point, the group sought optionable relievers over experience, which we talked a lot about. But due to either injury, <coughs> excuse me, but due to either injury or poor performance, no one from this second tier was able to stick around. The Mets had already resigned Adam Ottavino; they had David Robertson. So even without Diaz, they believed they would have a few capable options. Here's where it gets bad. And they held out hope of Diaz one day returning in September to propel a postseason surge. Throughout the season's first couple of months, Adam Adovino would often tell David Robertson, quote, let's just hang in there and the trumpets are going to play and everything will be all right. What? Well, hold on a second. Nobody actually believed that Edwin Diaz was going to come back. No one believed that. If he did come back, it would have been an added bonus. And you're telling me that in the midst of this season, throughout the season's first couple of months, so that sounds like through April, May, and June, Adam Adovino would tell David Robertson, who was great, by the way, until he got traded to the Marlins, hey, guys, we just hang in there because the trumpets are going to play and it's going to save us? Like, first of all, as an athlete, are you supposed to even think that way? Are you supposed to think about the other athlete that's going to come back on the white horse to save you? I'll I tell you, Pete, that comment bothers me a hundred times more than Tommy Pham deciding who works hard and doesn't work hard.
2: It just seems that this team was delusional slash hungover from last year that they thought that this was going to be yes. an easy ride to the playoffs. And I, I got to be honest. I was one of the first people to say that too. I thought that we walked into the season going like a guaranteed playoff spot. not going to be division, but we're going to make it to the playoffs. It's going to be easy. Even with Edward Diaz out, we're going to find a way. And it just it like punched us right in the face. You, you nailed it, by
1: the way. I think you summed up my biggest takeaway from this piece was, in general, the Mets thought this would be easy. In general, they thought we'll be fine because – This piece really starts in Detroit where the Mets are like, oh, man, why are we struggling? What's going on? And you could almost tell like there's this sense, at least presented in this piece, a sense of we'll be fine. What's happening? Like we're really good. What's going on? And they almost thought it would be that easy. And obviously it wasn't. It was not easy. The other thing that's pushed in this is the idea that a lot of the mental mistakes. The Mets poor play and the high amount of rule violations in the early weeks were because of the rule changes and because of the fact that the locker room was never together in spring training because of the World Baseball Classic. Only the Astros and the Cardinals sent more players to the WBC. So having this roster in a world in which there were new rules and there were new rules was not ideal. Unnamed Met. The World Baseball Classic really hurt us. <laughs> Buck was really good last year with getting guys to buy into philosophies and culture and carrying that into the season. He tried to do it in the last week of spring training, but I didn't feel like we were in sync. So the excuse of guys were away for the WBC. And that's an unnamed Met. Here's an on-the-record Met, Brandon Nimmo, calling it BS. Quote, as far as the way spring training went, we had a bunch of professionals who understood how to play the game and what to do. Maybe it took a little bit of time, but I don't think you can argue that because we went seven and three on that early West Coast trip. April was not an issue. And I, I, I was thinking the same thing. Anytime I hear WBC, guys not being around, the rule changes, the Diaz injury we get. We all know how important Edwin Diaz was to this team last year and how important he would have been to this team this year in an alternate universe that has Edwin Diaz in the Met bullpen. Yeah, they're better. <laughs> I think we all know that. But the idea that the pitch clock, the amount of times you could throw over to first base, the crackdown on sticky stuff, like all of that was somehow the demise of the Mets it is tough to kind of compute that when they got off to a good start, the Mets looked like a good team in April. I remember being so giddy with you, Pete, during that West Coast trip. And even when they lost the final two games to the Giants, there was a sense of that's ah, okay, it's all right, still seven and three. Didn't end the way we wanted to, but don't worry, things are good. And then after that, the season really spiraled. So those were my biggest takeaways from this.